0: This is the day we remember, the day of pain. We remember this day as we gather together as believers or friends of believers, as we gather this morning in this packed church as a testimony to how much Jesus actually means to us. And and when you look at the story of Easter, I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know where you are, but I want to say to you that, that the answer is Jesus. And I want to remind you that the answer is found in, in Easter and in the Easter story for our lives and for our journeys and for the our feeling of loss and what we face in life the answer is jesus and and the answer is found in the narrative of of the Easter story that we have heard read and we're singing about and we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus in, in our lives. The day of pain. The truth is, for me, I understand something that we all face, no matter who we are or where we've come from or our journey in the world that we live on, on this little planet, in the middle of this solar system, in the middle of this, this universe, And is this, is that we all, every one of us, experience days of pain. And this was Jesus' day of pain. You may have experienced a day of pain in your own life. And, and the story of the cross as we unfolds this weekend here at Willow Park Church with all of our communities is that today we think about the day of pain. Tomorrow we think about the day of waiting and the day of questioning and the day of doubt. And on Sunday we will remember the day of joy. But we all know that in our lives that we have days of pains, which can be a season of pain. It may be sat in a hospital room with a loved one and knowing the inevitable is going to happen. And we've been travelling through the day of pain for a very, very long time. Who here hasn't been there? And even after the inevitable has happened, we felt the grief and we felt the pain and we felt the agony after that. And the grief to some of us is still real and clear even this moment, this morning. The day of pain for you may be when a loved parent and you go and you're with them in that care home and you leave that care home and you know that within moments that conversation that you have just had has completely been forgotten. I remember that first day when it happened to me with my own mother and she suffering with, with uh, terrible dementia. Uh, I I went and I sat with her and talked and talked and then left for a moment and as I closed that care home door and walked towards the car and sat in the car at that moment, I had the day of pain where you just simply at that moment do nothing except weep, cry. The day of pain may be for you because you've travelled through a break in relationship. The day of pain for you could be because of a sudden accident. The days of pain may be for you because you've been travelling through a sickness. But let me tell you something, the answer is Easter. That as we live in this fallen, broken, crumbling, dark world with all its pain, the answer is Jesus. The answer is Easter. We travel through the day of pain. But you do not have to travel alone in your days of pain. You see, what Scripture teaches us Is that every one of us was called by Jesus to follow him. And the example of his suffering. His suffering is an example to us about how we can get through days of pain. You see, Peter tells us this that he is that example for us. To this you were called because of Christ's suffering for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. An example that you should follow in his steps. An example that we can follow. We can look into the face of Jesus in the middle of our days of pain and see the example. In fact, Eugene Peterson says it this way. He says that he shows us in his steps if you like step by step how we can travel through days of pain because Jesus has traveled through the day of pain because he's been there he's felt the pain he's felt the suffering how do you cope with that day what do you do how do you get through it? We know that when Jesus faced his day of pain, it was it was physical. He was beaten. He was taken. He was thumped and punched. They mocked him and they took his beard and they pulled his beard out. They made a makeshift Crown of thorns, and they rammed it onto his head. And as they mocked him and they worshipped him, somebody would punch him in the back. And they would say, Prophesy, who's just thumped you? They took him, of course, and they whipped him. They didn't just whip him, but the scriptures teach us that they scourged him. That means using a, a whip with. On the end with a tied rock, glass and bone. Though as you whipped, it grabbed into a man's body and it pulled away the flesh and the blood, leaving his body bleeding, bruised, ripped to pieces, scourged by the power of that endless whipping. This day of pain was a physical day of pain for Jesus. And then taken to be crucified, so weak that somebody had to carry the cross, taken to that place called Golgotha. And there, the extraordinary pain of having nails, lumps of iron actually, rammed into your, your wrists. Avoiding the archer is not to kill the victim and there to be crucified. Romans were particularly good at crucifixion. You see, crucifixion is basically death by suffocation. And that's what made it so horrific was that you are fighting for every breath. And as you pull yourself up to take the deep breath, to survive for one more second, for one more moment... You then relax and the pain of the nails and the body and the brokenness of your flesh and your muscles and the weight of your body, the pain rips through you again and then you lift yourself again just to get more oxygen into your lungs. Long, terrifying, torturous, hideous way of death. This was Jesus' day of pain. Emotionally, of course, psychologically, he was shamed, he was naked, he was mocked, he was laughed at. People looked at him and they, they threw insults at him. His closest friends abandoned him. He knew what it was to be rejected. He knew what it was to be alone and to feel the pain and the agony of complete psychological, emotional pain and difficulty. And then, of course, spiritually, the pain. To have the guilt of mankind placed on him. To have the shame of humanity laid upon him. To experience the wrath and the Punishment for humanity's sin and evil. As we sit in front of our TVs and we watch the evening news and see humanity's ability to hurt each other and to do such dark deeds of violence, there Christ took the darkness and the sin and the corruption of humanity upon himself. Breathing. Perhaps in a moment he would have smelt the perfume of that dear woman who broke the perfume over him and poured it over for a moment in his struggling to stay alive at that moment. He may have got a whiff of that perfume where she sacrificed everything for him at that moment before the meal. Why do I tell you all this? It's Jesus' day of pain. Because what scripture teaches us and what we've read is that his day of pain, his journey through to Sunday is an example step by step to know that you can get through your days of pain. That God is loves you. That God is with you. In fact, it says that we have a high priest who not only knows us, but he empathises with us all of our pain and our temptation and our weakness and our difficulty. This high priest, he is the one who understands you. He understands your pain. He understands your difficulty. He is our high priest that whatever you're travelling through in your day of pain, looking for the day of joy, the day of victory, the high priest empathises with you. The high priest, he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able what? To help those who are being tempted. Those of us who are travelling through our own crucifixion. Those of us who are travelling through our own days of pain. And we can either choose to get angry with God, reject God, walk away from God on the day of pain. Or we can follow the step-by-step example of Jesus. But you might say, Pastor Phil, what is the step-by-step example of Jesus? Well, I haven't got time to unpack it all. But as you read the story, you understand. But two things I want to say. First of all, the example of Jesus step by step to get through the day of pain may surprise you. But for Jesus, he needed his friends. Community, people around us, help us to get through The days of pain that we travel through life. That's why at Willow Park Church, small groups are so important because there are sometimes you can't get through life without a group of Christian friends who are praying for you, who are supporting you, who are travelling with you. Friendship and community. Jesus needed that. In fact, the scripture says this, that he went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here a while, I'll go over there and I'll pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled you see when he faced his day of pain he didn't suppress it he didn't repress it he didn't hide it no he needed his friends around him and he shared it and he expressed his pain and here in the garden he is suffering But he's not trying to do it alone. He wants to do it with others he loves who can help him through this longest of days. And friends, when we travel through days of pain, what we need is people who pray. People that will stand with us. People that will travel with us. He didn't suppress. He expressed what he was going through. He was sorrowful. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. In his darkest day, he needed people to stay with him. The ministry of presence, of being with people who are in pain, of being with people who have experienced terrible moments. It's just that process of being present. And let me remind you that in your day of pain... That Jesus' presence wants to be with you. Not only was that we need friends, but the second thing that can help us in our day of pain is that we need God. You see, Jesus had his friends, but he looked as well to his God. He confessed to his God. He spoke to his God. Yes, he wanted this cup to be taken away, but he went and he spoke to his God. He said this, and we need God In our lives, we need in those days of pain to come in prayer, the gift of prayer, the beauty of prayer, where we can come and we can express our deepest fears, our deepest pain, when we can express on our day of pain, as the day of pain moves into the day of questioning and grief, the Saturday, before we move into the day of joy and victory, which is the resurrection, He needed to talk to Him. God. He needed to be with his father. And what words did he use? Going a little farther, he fell down with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, literally saying, Abba father, my daddy, be with me. The most common phrase used in the ancient world in this culture to describe father, dad, Dad, I need you in the middle of this pain. I need you at this moment. I need you to do something. And what did he pray? My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. There are some cups that we face in life that we want them to simply be taken away. I know that as a pastor and a shepherd here, and many of your own stories over the last 12 months that you have traveled through in the Willow Park Church community, you wanted that cup to be taken away. But you hear Jesus praise. He prays three things. First of all, he does exalt God, my Father. I know you can do anything. He acknowledges the supremacy and the power and the presence of God. He's honest. I don't want this pain. I don't want to travel through this pain on this day. And what we've got to be willing is, yes, acknowledge who God is and exalt Him. And always be honest with our Father about the pain and the difficulty that we travel through. But finally, Jesus trusted in it. I want your will, not mine. And when we're traveling through days of pain... And looking forward to the day of joy, this is the way we can pray. We can pray that even in the middle of the darkness of the garden of Gethsemane, he exalted Jesus. He exalted the Father. Even in the middle of this pain, he was honest about that. He didn't want this. He didn't want to face it. He knew the agony of the spiritual death would tear him to pieces. But he was willing to trust his life to the will of God. That's a very profound thing that when we face our days of loss, that we are willing to trust God and say, "Lord, your will be done. Your will be done, please." Of course what happens? People get angry with God, don't they? when we experience pain in this dark and and even in these days with explosions in belgium and the catalog of humanity's ability to wreak evil and pain on humanity, where we would rather make war than peace, when we would rather hate than love, when we look at what is taking place in our world and we feel the agony. I don't think the moment you hear, whether it happens in Turkey or Belgium, there's not one of us, I doubt, when we hear the news on CBC, our eyes don't well up and we start to, to feel so terrified because how many of us have not Stud in an airport check-in lounge. Getting ready to go on an adventure. And people get angry with God. Let me explain it this way. In 1982, this little poetic prose was written by an unknown person. And he explained in his writing, as he was grappling with the issue of suffering and pain, he said these words and wrote these words and wrote this little story. He said, I want you to imagine that at the end of time, there's a mighty field, a mighty plain, and billions of people gather on this mighty plain in this moment. Most of them, as they gathered before the throne of God, shrunk back and did not come close. But there were some that stepped forward and they said, well, how can God really judge us at this moment? What right has God to judge us? And they murmured amongst themselves, and it was true, there were groups of people that did say, well, what right has this God got to judge us? There was one group and there was a pert young brunette and she threw back her hair and she said, What right is he? The only crime I ever did was I was a Jew. But they took us and they beat us. They humiliated us. They put us in concentration camps and they tortured us. And she pulled back her arm and showed a number on her arm. Murdered for just being. Another crowd gathered. And a young African... Pulled down his collar, revealing burn marks. Lynched, a slave. Lynched because of no crime except the color of my skin. What right has this God got to judge me? A young teenage girl. Pregnant. She simply said, it wasn't my fault. Why should I take the blame? It's not my fault. And groups of hundreds of groups like this murmured and spoke and... What right has God... Look at God anyway. There he is in heaven. Isn't God lucky to be in heaven? Where it is all sweetness. And all sweetness and light... And it is so wonderful where there is no weeping or hunger or pain, where there is no agony or sickness. How fortunate God is. Boy, God must lead a very sheltered life. And so amongst the crowd, they gathered leaders, different leaders, from different times of history. There was there a survivor of Hiroshima. There was there a victim of war. There was somebody who was so physically broken with sickness and illness that had to be carried. A young child who had died prematurely. Crowds of these accusers came up and they would go to the throne of God and they would present their claim towards God. How can God judge us? And so they walked forward towards the throne and they simply said these words, Before God could be qualified to be our judge. How can he be qualified to be our judge? He must endure what they had endured. Their decision was that God should be sentenced to live on earth as a man. Let him be born a Jew. Let the legitimacy of his birth be doubted. Give him a work so difficult that even his family would think him completely out of his mind. Let him be betrayed by his closest friends. Let him face false charges. Be tried by a prejudiced jury and convicted by a cowardly judge. Let him be tortured. At the last, let him see what it means to be terribly alone. Then let him die, so that there can be no doubt that he is dead. And let there be a great host of witnesses to verify it, they said. As each leader announced his portion of the sentence... Loud murmurs of approval went out from the throng of people assembled. And when the last had finished pronouncing their sentence, there was a long silence and no one uttered a word. No one moved. For suddenly, all knew that God had already served his sentence. All knew that God had already served his sentence. Your day of pain, my day of pain, we have a high priest who empathizes, who has shown us the way forward. We have a God That has come down to humanity. Lived in our neighborhood. And has experienced all that humanity can throw at him. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants to save you. And he wants to be with you in your day of pain. Let's pray together. Maybe you realize that what you need is, yes, friends who can pray for you. Maybe you realize that you need to surrender to God and know that God understands your pain. Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. But today you would really love to get right with Jesus before we take communion. Romans tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us of all our iniquity. And if you right now want to make a decision to come right with Jesus, then confess your sins. I prayed a prayer like this. It went Dear Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner. And I come to you with my pain. And I come to you with my loss. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life and change me. And as you gave yourself for me on the cross, I give. Myself to you. I make you Lord of my life now. Save me, I ask. On the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. He took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat of it. And in the same way, he took the cup and he poured out the wine saying, this is my blood that takes away the sins of the world. Drink of it. And Father, we pray now that you will bless this bread and bless this wine. And we remember that you have given your life for us. And that our days of pain can be met with the presence of Jesus. But we thank you that a day of joy is coming. The day of joy is coming. You have served the sentence. You have paid the price. You have given back to humanity what was lost. Jesus, you did it for us. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen.